The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Second Breakfast. I'm Matt. I'm Ez. And guys, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, we went to the MuggleNet 7, 19 years. Yeah, 19 years 19 later. years after uh, Harry Potter part, party down in Orlando. Um, we're going to be talking Narcos Season 3, Dragon Ball Super Episode 106, probably a little bit more. But Ez, let's go ahead and start with our MuggleNet Universal Studios experience. Yeah, it was um, it was an awesome time. We were down there with uh, Swish and Flick, and um, which is an all Potter podcast. If you want to check those guys, all Harry, all the time. They're yep, they're all Harry. Uh, they're awesome girls. Um, you've got Tiffany, Katie, Megan, and Sarah. Uh, we had a great time with them this weekend. So we got to go to my favorite part. One of our favorite parts. Should we start? I think we should describe start and tell people how we got to Orlando because I think that was oh, quite an yeah. adventure in itself. Go for it, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of crazy. Um, I actually had to work that day. I had to, I had to go and to work for at least like five hours. So I got up super early, um, got off work, raced back to the apartment, and uh, as and I then like raced to Cleveland, drove like two hours to get on a flight to fly to Orlando. Right. Then we got in there, took an Uber that charged as like a hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, triple charged me. Yeah, and you know that's kind of a thing we. A couple a of common us noticed. experience down there. Maybe it's sure an Orlando like. thing. Maybe it was because it was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Maybe it was just the Uber drivers down there. I don't know. Right. Um, so if you know anything about that, please leave us comments. I'd be really interested to know. Because um, we, we had a friend I, I, who got double charged too. Yeah. I don't really use Ubers. Like I, actually, I pretty much never use Ubers except when I'm in like when I'm downtown, and then usually I just I'm with people that are going to use it. Right. But anyway, moving on. So, yeah, so we got in. Then we, uh, like, had to race to the park, check into the hotel, race to the park. Um, and then there was about three hours of panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. I actually thought we were worried. You know, we kind of made the joke that, like, maybe those would not be the, the best part of the experience. But quite frankly, that was one of my favorite parts of the yeah, experience. I, yeah, I think going into it, we were kind of like, we didn't really know who all was going to be there. Um, like, because at first it was a lot of, like, the people who were just kids in mm-hmm. the movies right. and like they didn't really kind of show up again. Um, yeah. But then we got, um, oh man, we got Oliver Wood. Right. And we got uh, Percy. Mm-hmm. Percy uh, Weasley. Percy Weasley. Um, some of the other actors, I kind of forgot who they were. But. Yeah, we got the um, Tom Riddle, the guy that played Tom Riddle in, uh, um, oh gosh, Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. Um, the other guy. Oh, we got, um, oh, what's his name? The announcer. The guy that Right. Knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the, what's that kid's name? I can't remember his name. Anyways, yeah, he announces the, the Quidditch games. Yeah, and not just all the games. So, yep, um, that was pretty neat. And then we had to listen to MuggleCast. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So to be honest, but it was, to be honest, I don't think it was that they were like they were actually pretty entertaining. But like they just t- tossed it over to the crowd, and the people in the crowd were like, I don't know, tired. I don't know. Some of the questions, some of the things people are answering for those questions were like real. I was like 
really wait uh, for the panels or for, no, for the last like, panel no the panels were actually really cool questions but when they are asking like hey if you were gonna like give us a last like a change the last line of the book oh yeah and, like, all of the answers from the people in the crowd i was like what are you talking they were just like the it, like if you've ever which we do read fan fiction like imagine reading the first the worst fan fiction you could possibly imagine and that's like right. just happened to be the like the four out of the five people who answered right yeah i know i mean i thought a great ending line would be something like you know and hermione stared longingly at draco malfoy yeah you know i mean like and someday a book called the cursed child will come out and it should simply be ignored (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah yeah, so then we got to go to the park which was actually pretty epic so we the only part we got to go into was diagon alley yeah which i think was probably the best part of it yes Um, it was really cool it was closed off to about like 200 people um, what about man? We did so much stuff to be first honest. place we went to was the Leaky Cauldron. Leaky Cauldron got some food, they had like some buffet food. I was really nervous when we got into the Leaky Cauldron, and it was like fish and chips. I was like, I really hope that's like not all we're getting all over the park. Yeah, and there was, there was a lot better food elsewhere. Yeah, we just happened to go there first, which kind of wrecked like all of our stomachs. Yeah, it <laughs> like did. us it did. and Swish and Flick for the right. next day. Um, yeah, but uh, I got some butter beer, which. I think we all kind of agreed. Yeah. All kind of agreed it wasn't as good as we thought it would be. The well, foam is delicious. I think if you just buy itself, but like when you're pairing it with food, it's just it just it's not good. I don't know. I'd rather yeah. have water, you know. But yeah, I don't know. Um, they say it's better cold, frozen. So yeah. If you look, one thing I want to mention about before we move on past Leaky Cauldron, the attention to detail in that place was insane. Oh the, yeah, the artwork over the whole the place. pictures. The whole place, yeah. yeah, I mean the whole park, but like. When I was just in Leaky Cauldron, I was looking around, and I looked up in the ceiling, and I noticed, like, carvings in the wood. I noticed, like, you know, all these different, like, uh, figurines and stuff up there. Yeah, the, was, like, there was only crazy. there was actually only one place that I felt like the attention to detail was lacking. Um, and I guess it's kind of like this throughout the rest of the park. We'll get to it. We're going to finish with it because it was the last thing we did. Okay. Um, but so then we went from the Leaky Cauldron. We went, I mean, we, then we hit all the shops. Um, we went to went to Ollivander's uh, wand Ollivander's shop. wand shop, which that was actually cool. by the, far the coolest part of the night. Yeah. Um, as and I each bought a wand. Actually, I think Katie and Megan bought wands as well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I think I know Tiffany. Tiffany uh, and Sarah did. Did too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say it was pretty cool. We went to uh, Gregorovich's wands. Yeah. First, yeah. and yeah. they own, they were only selling the like character specific wands. Right. And it was really funny because. I always joke that who my favorite character is and everyone's always like, Oh, he sucks, whatever. I don't know why people don't like him, but whatever. So I was trying out all the different wands and I just picked one up and I was like, Oh man, I really like this one. Whose wand is this? And he's like, that's professor Snape's. I was like, there, there it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty cool. I, um, and actually what I thought was pretty neat is we didn't, the, the choosing ceremony that was neat to kind of watch Ollivander. Yeah. Air quotes. You know, kind of go through that. He picked some guy, though, you know, that Matt and I were kind of like, what? Yeah, he picked some guy in our group that you could tell was clearly only there, like, with his girlfriend. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, he was wearing, like, a Harry Potter shirt, but he asked me, he's like, what house are you in? And he's like, uh, <laughs> Gryffindor, I guess. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. And then he I, gave him, like, a really powerful wand. And I was yeah. like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know about that. But... Then we got out of there, and Stephanie, who was super awesome, helped us pick yeah. out our wands, which was uh, neat. Mm-hmm. Um, felt really, felt a strong connection to mine. So yeah, um, yeah, I, mine was different. Uh, both of ours, I think, were different than the one we, ones we did on Pottermore. Yeah, for sure. They didn't even have mine. I'm yeah. an English. Oak you know, one. we might actually, actually, as and I, 
as I actually went through Pottermore a while back on our old podcast. Yeah. We might post that. Yeah, I think we should. Or, yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, our old podcast, I can't believe it's not better. We might just upload it as is. Yeah, and, we can do it. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it has, it, what it is, is that uh, Matt's experience going through the choosing ceremony or the sorting uh, ceremony, and then he gets his wand, he gets his um, his Patronus, yeah. all that good stuff. So I think that'd yeah, be kind of cool yeah. to do. Yeah, and like so, the ones we got at the store are really cool. They're really detailed. Uh, they were like fifty bucks, but I mean, for what you're getting, I'd say like if you're considering getting something at a gift shop, like it's actually, I'd say it's pretty worth it as like a display mm-hmm. item. Like the quality is very good. It's not right. I mean, oft, more often than not, at gift shops, you're really like paying for something that's not that great. But right. I feel like the ones actually are like really good. And I feel like they'd have to be because like that's like the one thing Harry Potter people really want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, so a couple other cool things, you know, when we're, when we're uh, checking out at any store anywhere, they're super in character. And, like, yeah, they were in character. Asking us about muggle plastic and, yeah. you know, um, just, you know, using your muggle money and stuff. So it was kind of funny. Um, oh, we should give a shout out. What was that girl's name? Sarah? The Sarah, girl, the girl from yeah, West Sarah. Virginia, we West ran Virginia. into like yeah, five yeah. times. Yeah. Sarah, for sure. She was like, the, it was really funny. She was just like, she sat down next to us at the Leaky Cauldron, and we were just talking, and we we're just like, ah, oh, man, this place is crazy. She's like, oh, and she, she's from West Virginia. She has like a really charming West Virginian accent. Yeah, and um, you know, she was just like, oh, I've been here like three times. We're like, oh, cool. We're like, you here with a group? And she saw mm-hmm. her shirts, and we were wearing like Swish and Flick shirts, helping promote them. And uh, she was like, no, I'm just here by myself. Yeah. She just flew to Orlando. Yeah, shout out to Sarah. Yeah. yeah, got at a hotel just to come to this thing by herself. I mean, I would like I wouldn't. She's an Uber it's fan. It's cool, but I wouldn't go by myself. Well, I tell you what. I mean, I, but I understand her level of like fandom because if I were to, if no one wants to go to Star Wars Celebration, I'm going by myself. Right. Like, so I get it. Um, like, would I go to Harry Potter World? By my, no, but like for her, makes complete sense. She's right. that's her fandom. That's where she's at. Yeah. You know. So. I thought it was super cool. Uh, she was super nice. We bumped into her like four or five times throughout the night, you know, which was neat. If we're yeah. giving shout outs, might as well give a shout out to Peyton. Yeah, Peyton. Um, who we ran into who actually in, and recognized our, we were wearing Switch and Flick shirts. She's right. like, hey, nice shirt. And we were like, oh, yeah, you know, we've done some collaborations with them. Yeah. Um, yeah she know. was vlogging. We're yeah. in her vlog somewhere. I was like, hey, I did the music for their show. It's kind of. Peyton, uh, hit us uh, up. We want to know where the vlog's at, okay? We want to know where the vlog is. She has, yeah, she has us on, on camera. It was pretty cool. Um, and you know that's great for social flick too. They got the all the like clearly. Yes. I they said yeah. like people recognize them and yeah, that was cool. Stuff like that. That's super cool. It was really cool. Um, so then I'll say, I'm just trying to think. There's there was literally so much. The food everywhere was great. Um, a lot of the stores are very well done. Like they feel odd. They feel mm-hmm. like it's very. It's not uniform. Authentic. Yeah, it's it's very yeah, it's individualized. You, you, like it's it's meant to be as close to the world as it can get. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, People love the, that it's contained. Yeah, yeah it's contained. It's contained so. Um, they have a they have a dragon in Diagon Alley. Yeah. Like a dragon that escapes mm-hmm. from Gengots and it shoots fire. Um, I we our wands we got were like interactive like you can do stuff with them right. i saw a lot of people trying and it didn't seem like anything was happening some people it worked for some people yeah, yeah. and i think some of them might come in the time of day yeah maybe because normally the park's not open it was late, late right? and like the park was like kind of pretty much shut down just yeah. for us so i doubt a lot of that stuff was really like working yeah they're yeah. set up to work um we went to should we go ahead and talk about nocturne alley yeah we definitely should talk okay. about nocturne alley. nocturne alley by far outside of the Ollivander shop it was my favorite part of the of the Diagon Alley mm-hmm. area because when we were walking in the 
I was like, they had like the little the screens that like they were projecting. Oh yeah, they were projecting like the like the newspapers, right? Of and like they had, ha- and they had like fellow people Strange in uh, Azkaban. Yeah, that was yeah. sweet. And then oh man, we ran into that one girl. Oh my gosh, we ran into this first of all who I literally was like considering marrying on the spot. Right. I mean, yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she was a naughty witch. She that's was for sure. Um, she was talking about putting hexes on people. And oh stuff man. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. But she was just, and we kept trying to like, the, it was really cool. Cause it kind of played to this theme of like when Harry's trying to leave nocturnal and he kind of keep really can't. So we kept trying to like walk away like, okay, without the conversations ending, then she just kept walking back over. Right. Like, I'm not done with you two yet. I know, Get back over sweet. here. I'm like, Whoa. I was like, all right. Whoa. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was super fun. Yeah, so. it was a lot of fun. The oh, the um, we went into like the cloak store where you could buy cloaks and stuff. Yeah, Madame and yep. Ezra tried on a cloak, Monk. and the guy who was working there was really cool because we were trying to get people to like just kind of talk to us about like life and yeah, stuff like that. Break character, break not really break character, but you know he was. We were just like, man, you know, like this this has got to be like you got a pretty cool job, and he was like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really pay that great, but you know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, we met two girls in. Uh, it's not Honey Dukes. It's the equivalent of that in, um, in, in Diagon Alley. Yeah. We met two girls that worked there as well that were super awesome. You know, yeah. um, gave us some free stuff. Gave us some free stuff. Yeah. It was super yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. Uh, say, oh, <laughs> but uh, I'm a Hufflepuff. So I'm, I'm from House Hufflepuff. And so she had all these Helga Hufflepuff, you know, yeah. chocolate fry, frog cards. I got one of those. Yeah. But um, I didn't get any Slytherin and stuff. But that's okay. Yeah. So uh, that was neat. So yeah, and uh, then to end the night, to end the night. Right? Okay, so to end the night, we took the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, um, which was really cool. And actually, it was really funny because I was running up to the steps, and I was like, okay, it was like really late, and we were super tired because I'd been up to like three. We flew, we drove that day. I mean, the yeah. day was long. Yeah. And so anyway, so I'm like walking ahead of Ez and like this group we're with, um, and I like disappeared. I, and then I like, <laughs> yeah, from, from my so, perspective, from my perspective, I was like. I like got up to the train. I was like, it's like literally like five minutes. Later. I'm like, okay, where did everyone go? Yeah. Like, so from Ezra's perspective, from, from our, we're, we're around in the corner. There's three girls who are taking photos and I'm like, whatever. We're like, Matt's way. He's, he's ahead of me around in the corner or whatever. And he goes through the brick wall, nine and three. He goes on to platform nine and three quarters and he just disappeared. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> so then like I look back over my shoulder and the girls are like laughing. They're like, they're like, they're like, step in, step in. And I was just like, step in where? Like, what happened? What just like, happened? Where do I you go? Know? Yeah. And so then I go, I go back, and from a certain perspective, you can kind of see this, uh, you know, where they had um, this trance. I don't know. This, I don't know how they did it. You know, it was, it yeah. was super cool. But, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so and then we got on the train. And the train was okay. It wasn't really great. I feel like if I were. Oh, like, man. We were so dead tired, I, though. Yeah. Just, I still feel like, though, if I were, like, maybe if I were a little, like, a little bit younger, it would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, the way it was presented was cool. It's just, like, the stuff they were presenting wasn't really, like, the most exciting. No, stuff. but it, it's cool that you're on a train. Yeah. You know, and it looks like the Hogwarts Express. It is the Hogwarts yeah. Express. So, you um, know. But so then the one thing that I'll say that, like, Everybody clearly found, and Megan and Katie had told us this a bunch. Like they said that every time they've been on the Hogwarts Express, as somebody that was there for the first time, that was the first thing they noticed. Is I guess they didn't get Daniel Radcliffe to reprise his role, but they got somebody who sounds so close that I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. And Ron Weasley did reprise his role to do the stuff for the mm-hmm. part. Yeah. But the Rupert, Hermione Granger they have to play is okay. so clearly not Emma Watson. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. It was not. Kind of threw us for a loop or whatever, but I mean, I, I don't know. The woman was, on the train was like, uh. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but anyways, it's kind of it's kind of neat. Um, actually, you should check out Swish and Flicks podcast to hear about uh, Megan and Katie's little adventure on the train. They had some good times. Yeah, on the, and on the Tiffany's uh, adventure on the <laughs> on on the uh, on the roller coaster. the roller coasters. Oh, yeah, we my. tried to ride the Gringotts ride, but they wouldn't Gosh, let us. They shut it down so quick. Yeah, yeah, it's just fine. Yeah, we were we were only in the park for a couple hours, and everything was kind of had like time limits on it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had to run around a bit. Didn't uh, they say Leaky Con was going out at the same time? Because like they had yeah. the people who were there were just who they, it's whoever you know Muggle yeah there, could yeah get there was there. another convention going on, which is why like like Luna Lovegood would have probably come right. when she was at the, at the other convention and right. stuff. So yeah, but is, I mean overall, I would give it I'd give it like a really solid nine out of ten. Yeah, um, me too. Just because it was. It was really well done. They gave us ponchos when it started raining. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really nice to have the park to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really easy check-in. Everybody there was super friendly, super nice. If I, mean, if I had to have a complaint about the experience, I don't know that I really have one. I, I don't really have one at, at all. I mean, it was just sort of like, I mean, the rides cl- had to close early because, yeah, you know, it's late. They got to, you know. The stuff that they have to do with those things. So yeah, I, I'm ready for everyone tomorrow. Right, they have to get ready. Like, ready weekend too. Yeah. They shut down. You know, like that Friday. They That's sh- a good point. They shut down arguably like one of their biggest attractions. Yeah. For this event, the Friday of Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So they had to get ready for the morning and hit, get their people back and stuff. So it was it was an awesome experience. I, I like. I'm now kind of spoiled because I've been there when there's just so few people, you know, right. it was like, we were kind of running around by ourselves. Like there's no one in the street at some point we went down Nocturne Alley and it was like, literally no one was, yeah, was in like, there as an eye. And I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> this yeah, is a little was, scary. Yeah. So. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I'm actually kind of glad we went at night. I feel like I was, I would have enjoyed yeah. it more at night than in the day. Yeah. 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 It was nice. Really yeah. Nice. And, and at Ollivander's, it was really cool. And like, they had like the wands and they'll like come out. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Like he he yeah. goes through the, yeah. So it was, it was definitely experience. it was definitely a great experience for the price. Actually, it was only like two hundred and thirty bucks for tickets. Yeah, and yeah, we were only in the park for that little bit, but we did have essentially free food. I mean, yeah. they provided all the food and everything, but it was well. I'd say it was well worth the price of admission. Yeah, it was also just neat to see uh, the the fans who showed up, like the Uber fans who were all decked out, all dressed up, mm-hmm. you know, and then just hear their questions. Megan and Katie um, always bring up a good point when they. They say they've gone to other panels and they listen to, you know, Potter fans ask questions and they always feel like the fan questions are really well thought out and, yeah. and good questions. So um, that was nice because I, I got kind of nervous when they turned it over to the, <laughs> the crowd. I was like, oh, please don't, you know, yeah. don't go nuts. But yeah, it was but, really cool. Everybody was like really respectful and never had anybody that was like, you know, a jerk. I mean, even the people who were there I mean, in music parks, you know, that sometimes you can have that, but yeah, I had a, I had a great time. Nine out of 10. Um, I would definitely... I, if Universal had another kind of experience like that for something else, mm-hmm. I'd probably consider it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, so okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Up And coming later in the show, we have Narco Season 3 review, Dragon Ball Super, and probably some more. All right, guys, welcome back uh, to Second Breakfast here. We're about to have a little discussion on Dragon Ball Super episode 106. Thanks, yeah, kind of a great episode, actually. We get to see 
Piccolo Gohan uh, going against the Sniper of Universe 2, I believe it was. Yeah. Universe 2. With all these different universes, I'm kind of losing track, to be well, honest. Especially because they're all like new characters that we only see for this one arc. Or... Yeah. It, it, they weren't just going against the Sniper. They were going against the Sniper and the other Reflector. Guy, the, yeah, the guy who can reflect. Yeah. And I'm also not great at speaking Japanese, so I'm not even going <clears> to <throat> try and pronounce their names. Yeah. But... <laughs> But, um, yeah, so it kind of starts off, and it's Piccolo Gohan, and um, they're fighting, oh, God, Dr. Something, the guy uh, from this doctor, Universe, yeah. Universe 6, who's like, I'll show you my power, and I think that's kind of been the whole thing, is that we are never going to see gonna see. He's like, I'll show you why I'm a doctor, and it's like, okay. Yeah, so, anyway, so then he kind of gets knocked out, and then we start seeing the reflector, the guy who throws all the little eyeballs everywhere, or, and so he can kind of see all over the battlefield. Right, um, right. So Piccolo and Gohan kind of get trapped, and so then they kind of like pick up rocks. Oh, Piccolo gets his freaking. Were you going there? Yeah, his go, arm no, gets, go ahead. Yeah, his arm gets shot off. Yeah, Piccolo's arm gets shot off. I kind of forgot, like, see, because Ez is trying to get caught up on all this stuff. I'm like, oh, oh, I thought it was bigger than what it yeah. really was. It's like, oh yeah, I can regenerate. Yeah, he can regenerate, <laughs> he can regenerate his arm, but it costs a lot of stamina. Yeah, yeah, it costs Piccolo a lot of stamina. We see that, and he's tired. Right. Um, so then they realize, okay, well let's. Let's uh, throw rocks, create some dust. Then they realize, oh, maybe they can, he can see through heat. Um, so really, what ends up happening is they kind of get they kind of move around a little bit. They destroy a couple of the eyeballs. Goku and Vegeta kind of rush the reflector guy um, and mm-hmm. realize they can't really do any damage to well, actually, him. They messed up too, right? Because they thought that was the only guy. Yeah, everyone thought that was the sniper. Yeah. Right. So yeah, Vegeta does like a gallic gun and like you know yeah. it doesn't do anything. Right. Um, and so then, what ends up happening is they kind of find the they kind of find the sniper. They, he gets lured out by Tian or mm-hmm. Tian Shinhan, as you know they, they call him over there. Who I'm glad finally got like Tian is such an interesting character because he shows up towards the middle of the end of Dragon Ball, and he's like he's like when he shows up, he's the most powerful guy. He's right. stud, yeah. right? He's essentially the Goku of the Crane Hermit, and you know then uh, he fi- he fights. Yamcha in the tournament fights Goku in the tournament, and then in Dragon Ball Z, Tien kind of gets pushed to the back, but he's certainly still probably the strongest of the humans. Can, can I tell him about the part you showed me the other day, like where he was? Yeah, I, was, I had to give as like who is this guy? So, so for those of you who may be turning in the first time, I have seen all of Dragon Ball, all of Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. all of Dragon Ball GT. Um, I've seen most of Super. I started watching the English version, and now I'm now I'm started watching the uh, Japanese version, so I've seen most of this arc. The only arc I really haven't seen a lot of is the Black Goku, or the Goku Black arc. I'll and I'll get to that, because that's where the English one is catching up. So other than that, I've seen everything. Mm-hmm. Ez has seen a little bit here and there, and now he's yeah. watched the last like five or six episodes of Super. Right. And we just watched... I did just watch the Battle of the Gods. We did watch the movie Battle of the Gods, which will take you through about the first 20 episodes of Dragon Ball Super. And we're actually going to do, we're actually going to start reviewing all the movies, like standalone movies. We have Battle of the Gods, which we just watched. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm like, I own Z on DVD, and so I'm like, I want to get all the movies. So I just bought um, movies one and two, uh, God, Dead Zone and World's Strongest. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to review those. And those will kind of be, in. I think those are going to be individual episodes on Podbean. Yeah. Yeah. For so sure. anyway, so... As what I what did I show you? I showed you um, some it was Tien it was uh, so we were looking at um, Tien right? Did yeah. I say it right? Okay. 
uh, versus Cell. Yeah, Tian versus Cell. So, Which was sick. Yeah, so Tian's like the strongest human. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly the strongest Z fighter human. Um, regular human, you know, it's probably like Hercule if you're not counting Z fighters. Um, maybe Videl, I guess, but she's almost I just call like the lowest tier Z fighter. And so anyway, so Tien, throughout several moments of Dragon Ball Z, he always shows up and he just like is really powerful. When he's fighting Nappa, when he is, when he, sh- when he fi- shows up to fight Cell and he's doing the, you know, the tri-beam cannon, yeah. like blasting him down and down and mm-hmm. down, just trying to hold him off as much as he possibly can. <laughs> like my favorite part too is like from across the, I don't know, across this ocean like where like the the commentary that's going on is just like no Tian, like he's yeah. just using too much of his power because at first i'm just like oh quit that's that's sick he can just keep going but the peanut gallery reminds me that oh yeah he can only go for so so much longer and yeah. then he's and done we see, and we see the peanut gallery again and this explaining that's right yeah yeah so piccolo and tn both have this ability they're slightly different between the two where they can they call it multi-form where they create projections of themselves so Tian, as we know, has a lot of crazy abilities. Certainly, probably, I'd say, the most unique abilities of any character in Dragon Ball. Um, and so, Tian creates his multi-form, which he get, he can create four versions of himself, mm-hmm. but that splits his power into 25, 25%. Right. Because Barris and those other guys who, I think Beerus. it was... Beerus. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Or Frillin. Bills, as they call him in Japan. Bills? Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, I like Beerus. Is it Krillin? Krillin yeah. is he's he's out right. He's sitting there. Ne- yeah, Krillin's the him. first out. Yeah, and so he, when he's explaining it, right? I, th- I don't know if it was to. Um, I'm not too sure who is explaining it to. Yeah, but, Supreme Kai, just the guys over there. Right. Supreme Kai and, and kind of says like has to tell him that the first they're like, "Wow, it's so quick!" Cool. And he's he's you know splits himself into four different you know people or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, but you know reduces his power yeah. by." But know, as Tien up. says, my nine eyes. So Tien, as we know, had three oh, eyes. Right, yeah. So now Tien has nine eyes to see the battlefield. So he can kind of help. He can kind of locate the sniper, but it pretty much in doing so, you know, Tien's pushing himself to the limit. He's saying, "I'm gonna look if I'm if I'm taking somebody out, I'm taking this guy out because this guy's pretty, this mm-hmm. guy's pretty hardcore." Right. And his friends were in jeopardy, so he had to. Yeah. So essentially, we see Tien sacrifice himself. He grabs I don't remember the the bird guy sniper's name. I don't know his name, uh, but he grabs him, and essentially, they both go down. They both go down together, get and mm-hmm. get eliminated. Right. Um, was that the end of the episode, though? Yeah. Wow, it's quick. Man, it's crazy because I did just watch the movie. And so, like, you were telling me at some point during that, you're like, all right, yeah. I was like, after like five minutes, like, that took you through episodes one through five. Yeah, it was yeah. like, as these things happen, it's so, they're so short, you know? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're so short. That. And when we start watching the other movies, so the standalone Dragon Ball Z movies, with the exception of Dead Zone, which at some point I want to do, a, an, might as well be its own episode where we just talk about canon and how canon works in Dragon Ball. And what you because it's kind of a hot love mess canon. and everyone argues. It's not like Star Wars where it's just like, OK, you have the movies and then Disney kind of said this isn't this is anymore. Dragon Ball is kind of like, well, kind of maybe mm-hmm. depends on what you think, because you have you have original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and then you have Dragon Ball Z, which has been dubbed. So some people are like, well, only the Japanese dub because there's differences between the two. Right. And then they did Dragon Ball Kai, where they went back in and remade it for like a younger audience. Mm-hmm. And like they changed a lot of the dub, even though it's the same actors, they changed a lot of the words. And so right. that like changes a lot of things. And then you have GT, which you could honestly do like 
its own episode on GT canon or not, yeah, or, yeah. or should it be canon anymore? Or is it possible or whatever? Right. So. That's the alternate timeline, right? <sighs> oh, shouldn't have asked. Shouldn't have asked. <laughs> yeah. shouldn't have asked. My bad. Yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> save GT for its own episode. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, overall, great episode. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. Didn't have enough. Uh, Master Roshi in it for me, Didn't have but, much, but it looks like the next episode is. Know, that's why I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. So we saw the preview. Although I don't believe there's a. I, I think they're off this week. I think yeah. this week they haven't. They're off for an episode, um, so we won't get Dragon Ball Super until the following weekend. But next episode we see Cold, who is kind of like Universe Six's Frieza. Okay. Um, and it's kind of funny. Cold is trying to win this tournament so that um, the his god or like Champa and like his his god and everything kind of promised him that. And they're like, uh, if that he were to, if he were to help win the tournament, he would be able to get his business back. And that's you know, like, <laughs> yeah, because he's kind of like this like pirate yeah. businessman. You know, that's it's kind funny. of the opposite of Frieza, where Frieza's like kind of a space pirate, but he's like trying to rule the galaxy, rule the universe, or whatever. Right. right. Through like force and is you know kind of like this dictator you know ruler, whereas Cold is like a businessman. You know, he's yeah, like, yeah. So it's just it's just well, it's funny. just funny and ridiculous, and it's it's Dragon Ball, but that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we see that Cold. It looks like. Maybe Master Roshi is going to try and use the, uh, oh God, I can't even think of it, the sealing technique, yeah. evil seal, you know, and uh, on cold maybe. So we'll see. Yeah, and he'd already yeah. used it before. And it right? takes a lot out of you. Yeah, and so I thought, I don't know if he's ready yet to get back in there. I'm kind of no. worried because he was done. I mean, right. Yeah. Goku in Dragon Ball, to... he actually does it. He, he does it against Piccolo and dies. Yeah. Wow. Evil King Piccolo. Yeah, not. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, I just remember, like, Goku, am I right? He had to revive him, Yeah. right? So I'm just thinking, I don't know how much more he could take. Yeah. But I love it, though, because he's got this this cleverness to him. and Roshi's like, so great. Yeah, yeah and it was just sort of like, I don't know, he, he brings up things. I don't know. I just feel like outsmart. he can outsmart some people. I don't know. He's yeah. got a few tricks up his sleeve. He does. So he'll be all right. So we'll see. So, yeah, that's kind of our review of Dragon Ball Episode 106. Um, next week, we probably won't be talking Dragon Ball on this show mm -hmm. on this on the main show um because we're probably going to just do a battle of the gods review yeah um since we won't have an episode next week unless some big theory comes out there's a lot we'll start diving into those but um yeah we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about narcos season three hey there listeners this is tiffany from swish and flick if you're still not satisfied with your helping of Second Breakfast, you should head over and join Swish and Flick for some elevensies in the Great Hall at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Swish and Flick is a new podcast fresh out of the oven doing a complete reread of the Harry Potter series. We're breaking down each chapter and diving into all the details. So be warned, there are spoilers. We're also covering things like Fantastic Beasts, Wand Lore, and the Universal Studios Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We know that the future of civilization rests with the one ring to rule them all, but sit back, relax, and have some butterbeer with us. You can find us at Swish and Flick Cast or Swish and Flick Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, and Facebook. Podcasts are loaded every Sunday to major sites like iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Always remember to have some afternoon tea and don't let the muggles get you down. Welcome back to Second Breakfast. Uh, we're going to come to you now with our Narcos Season 3 review. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen all three <laughs> seasons of Narcos, as has seen the last two episodes of Narcos. <laughs> Is there, there's like a theme here. As hasn't seen things as much. You know, it's like, that's true. 
It's okay. But once we get to like Stranger Things, it'll be the opposite. So yeah, no, Matt's picked this topic. Wanted to talk about Narcos, and I am down. And actually, after watching the last two episodes, I need to go back and watch the rest. They're really so. good. So the big concern this season is so. When I watched the first two seasons, I was like, oh, okay, like I kind of knew what happened because it's Pablo Escobar. I'm a history guy, you know. And so this season is about the Cali cartel, which is the one following Pablo Escobar <clears throat> after he dies. Spoiler alerts or history alert. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, so a lot of the a lot of the concerns were, well, is it even going to be really worth watching? But for me, I almost liked it more because I didn't know what was going to happen, and so it was like real suspenseful, real crazy and like i didn't know it was i had no idea what was going to happen but i think we should probably start as with somebody who i think we both kind of thought was not real not a oh, real yeah. guy character jorge i yeah could talk i don't know i don't speak spanish so i can't pronounce that pronounce the actor's name right no i can't either sorry okay so jorge i think was probably what who i found to be the most interesting character this season he is essentially the security man for the Kali cartel at the, at the beginning of the season he asks uh one of the brothers uh, i think miguel if he can like leave he's like i want to he's like he's like you know i'm wait one of the brothers or, or the son one of the brothers oh okay so there's four brothers in the yeah. cartel yeah. we saw them the one guy is arrested gets arrested right um the, i think he's the oldest brother isn't he yeah the oldest brother what's his name i don't know but that's interesting because i know the gilberto gilberto yeah, okay. yeah rodriguez yeah, and so, so essentially, he gets arrested. Um, we'll get to that. But anyway, so at the beginning, um, yeah, Miguel uh, is Rodriguez. He's like the second oldest brother, or like the second kind of in charge brother. <clears throat> he's the one who has the son that wants to kill uh, Jorge. Yeah, I thought his name was Miguel. Who's Miguel, the- Miguel is Miguel's son, David, or David. Is the one who wants to kill Jorge. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll get David. to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the old, the older guy who was already in prison. That yeah. is uh, Gilberto. Yeah, who no. also has a son who's pretty sick. Who also has a son who's a lawyer. Yeah, we'll yeah. get, to, we'll get to it. So anyway, so Jorge and like episode one, he talks. He's speaking to Miguel, and he's like, "Hey, I kind of want to get out. Like, I'm thinking t- tonight's probably my last night. Um, I appreciate what you've done for me. I kind of want to go start my own." business and uh moral of the story of this season is do not ever ever get involved with gangs or yeah, don't do it guys cartels it's or not worth it for our um you know primarily eastern listeners yeah the yakuza just stay out of it stay, yeah. stay out, of, out of it man there. rebels you know all the right it may seem com- cool in star wars but it's yeah. really not <laughs> yeah just yeah don't avoid it just get out of that lifestyle. But anyway, so Jorge is like, hey, I kind of want to get out. And he's like, he's like, well, I need six months. Because what they're planning on doing is the Klee cartel is trying to turn themselves in. They're trying to say, hey, mm-hmm. in six months, we will all surrender. We'll all go to prison. But when we come out, because we're surrendering on our terms. And these guys, you have to keep in mind, um, after doing some research, like they were, you couldn't find them. So mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was like trying to track down like, you know, and you're talking about billion it was like a billion dollar industry in the 90s of right. untraceable you know cocaine money right yeah um yeah. they had you know markets controlled in new york miami you know columbia all over the all over the world really and so anyway so jorge he's, he he said he tells jorge he's like i need six months and so he kind of gets put into this position so it's kind of him 
this season's kind of him trying to get out, trying to get out of the the cartel. Right. He's got a family. He just wants to get out. And so we kind of see just how far down, how far down the rabbit hole do you have to go to get out of this season? And we also have um, Pablo Pascal returning once again, and he's kind of in charge after um, Boyd Holbrook, who is Steve Murphy. Um, you may know him as the guy in Logan who's trying to attack track Wolverine down because I think that's literally oh, the yeah, only other thing right. he's ever yeah. been. <laughs> yeah. So he was like the agent that helped track down Pablo Escobar. And so now him and Pedro Pascal. So this season is more about Pedro Pascal. He's kind of the guy running the show mm-hmm. in the DEA in Colombia. He's trying to take down the Cali cartel. Um, his story this season is kind of more of like a bureaucracy story, like because he was before he was just kind of like a cop. Essentially, he's a DEA agent, but he was kind of more of like he had a lot more freedom. You know, he was right. like, yeah, you know, he, he knew the guys to rough up, you know, where knew where to go. Now right. he's like, I have to deal with all this bureaucracy right, yeah. in order to go track these guys down. Right. At one point, isn't he, he's, he's suspecting several different people, yep. you know, inside the Colombian government, right? In the Colombian government. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of these guys were, I mean, this, that's real. I mean, that's the thing people forget about is this stuff's real. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of times, you know, you watch, like if you go with other movies, you know, where they're not even based on historical fact, this is actually pretty based on it. And a lot of people kind of think it's, pretty realistic actually it's pretty accurate yeah um as far as adaptations of real life events go i didn't really realize that jorge is a real guy yeah yeah i know just reading about it right now yeah i just just uh, watching i totally thought he was a made-up character right and now i'm really nervous he like because (laughs) consulted the show like he actually helped you know and he's in witness protection so i'm really really hoping yeah he's like okay yeah they don't even have any recent photos of him because of that. Like, yeah, he's, he's like a better witness. You know. And he said that most of it's pretty accurate. He said like a lot of the stuff went down the way it did. I mean, like <clears throat> one of the differences I read is there's a scene, I think it's in the first or second episode where um, Pacho, one of the other brothers, they kill um, this guy from the North Valley cartel, which is another big cartel. And uh, what they do is they essentially draw and quarter him except with four motorcycles wow oh, oh boy that's <laughs> like and that's he said rough. he said yeah it wasn't four it wasn't four motorcycles it was two range rovers okay oh. not much of a difference <laughs> like, even still it's like oh yeah. my god yeah. man it's like oh it's crazy it actually happened some dude died in the, right the way it's crazy yeah uh, I'm reading here like all the different things uh, like he's in this interview talking about the things that he had to do even at the point of like the where he wanted to get out he was just sort of like you had to play the game I'm reading he says often in here that you know had to just sort of yeah you know I don't know fool people into thinking that he was still he had to kill people I mean the only things like <laughs> he said I couldn't refuse like there were things that he had to do I know it's crazy I'm like what? and I think I think that's kind of like more than the other two seasons are a lot more about Pablo Escobar. This season is, I think that was just kind of the focus. It was much more about like what, like, cause they, cause they, in the last two seasons, they didn't really ever centralize. It was pretty much the DEA guys and then Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, you kind of wanted Pablo Escobar because he's like, at the end, he's like on his last leg and literally like everything's been taken away from him. You almost kind of feel bad for him. Um, he never really, really feels like the bad guy. Um, but in this, man, you, I just feel like because they centralized Jorge as a character, I felt like it was really like, no, I hate the Kali cartel. Never was I watching this season, and I felt sympathetic for the Kali cartel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do I'm I'm reading as I'm, as we're talking about this, I'm literally reading about this sort of, this stuff here. At one point, like they get um, uh, Escobar in prison, and they tried to like arrange a bombing. Yeah. Of the prison. Yeah. Oh, it was a war. See the yeah the Cali cartel. See that's the whole thing is Escobar was king. He was number one. Yeah. And he was his, he was so powerful that he was able to keep the Cali cartel at bay. Right. And essentially. I don't know. I, I really don't know the historical accuracy of it, but in season two, what happens sure. is um, Pedro Pascal or Javier Pena or yeah. the Viper from the Viper. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> How Az knew him. Yeah. Oh, isn't the Viper? It's yeah. the Viper. He essentially goes to the Kali cartel and he's like, I need your help taking down Escobar. Yeah. 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 And so they, yep. he's, and that's how the season starts. The season starts and he's like, the enemy of my enemy can be, is like, you know, is my friend. Right. You yeah. Know? And he's like, until, until, you know he's no longer needed so that's the this whole season's premise yeah i think it's crazy like i'm I, as, as i'm looking at this like you know they being in prison wasn't enough mm-hmm. they had to kill him or they wanted to kill him yep. because of all the different people that they didn't know who he knew from the they didn't know who to well, trust the other thing is escobar so escobar was in i'm using air quotation marks prison here right because he the colombian government wanted the killing to stop Mm-hmm. And so they essentially let Pablo Escobar build his own prison, which was basically just a palace. And he was going to be in there for a long time, just serving out a sentence. Right. But see that. And we see that. And but the problem is, just like in last season, this season, all these drug lords, man, they're making billions of dollars illegally, but they're all paranoid. Right. They're yeah. all paranoid about their empire, their control. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, well, I saw that in the last couple episodes. It was just. Who's the mole? Who's talking? Who's not talking? You know, um, who can we trust? Jorge, can we trust him? Can we not? Etc. Something interesting about Jorge, he sees in this interview that he's that he's giving here, which is in the Seattle Times. This is where I'm reading yeah. it from. Um, he was kind of justifying all this in his in his his own mind. He said, "I had nothing to do with drugs. I told myself I was not one of them." Yeah, you know what I mean. He just thought he was he was a bodyguard. It was it's a job. It's a paycheck. Trying to, but you know. Like later on, I think he's talking more about how he eventually saw that, like, by helping these people live and survive, it was perpetuating, yeah. you know, the killing and the selling. He of even drugs. goes on. I read that interview earlier today, and even goes on to talk about like, you know, where essentially they were going to kill Jorge, right? That the bag over his head, they mm-hmm. were going to kill him, and then the DEA guys are able to get in, and that yeah. kind of forces him out. And he said that's actually what happened. And he was like, he's like, Holy. he's like, had they not come in when they did, like, I'd be dead. Holy cow, yeah, man! Like. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Man, I don't know. The whole show is just sort of crazy. And I think you watching like, oh, man, what a crazy show. What a crazy TV show. And it's like, Matt always reminds me, has it happened? That, yes, that's that real. It's not like Game of Thrones. Happen. Like, yeah. Right. There's no dragon swooping in there to make it, you know, yeah. um, you know, fantasy. But, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. You know, it's kind of interesting. Oh. One of the things I really like about this, and this is kind of just... It's more a way of Netflix does show. I really Netflix just really makes good shows. Yeah, they do. They're all so unique. Like they're kind of difficult. It's kind of I, I don't know. Just whoever is running Netflix, man, they just make good shows. And I, the best thing part about it is like I knew, I knew like two of the actors going right. into this. Yeah, I knew Pedro Pascal because I saw him in Game of Thrones, and right. then uh, you know that, and then. You know, you see like one or two guys like, oh, I feel like I've seen him before. Right. But like, that's it. Like they pick all these actors from all over the world that you've right. never heard of. And it makes it adds an authenticness to it. Right. It really does. It does. Um, didn't you say recently that something had happened in, in Colombia? Were you going to talk about that? Yeah. Or- OK. Remember at one point they were talking about like the fact that 
you know, there's these rebel groups who, who he ended up using, right, to go in and get that girl, the girl who yes. was married to the banker. Right. Um, that they, and they used them again. Um, they're like Colombian nationalists who like are essentially like a militia that like hates communist. And so they like go out, they, they're going around killing all these communists and stuff. And actually it was like yesterday or I mean, mm-hmm. it was like this week, this week. Yeah. Uh, that they said like they, the Colombian government has finally settled with like the last rebel group of that. Like there's the Colombian civil war has been going on for like 50 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Crazy. That's, yeah. That's that's nuts. That's that's crazy. Like he's confirming in here, you know, all the different things. Like he was like a, he had um, he had to assassinate or or orchestrate the assassination of some of the accountants. Yep. Like that happened in the show, and he's he's right here talking about how how basically, and also that the CIA wouldn't take him serious. Did mm-hmm. you read all that? And it was it was really a struggle in, into who he could actually, which door could he knock on, who could he actually get to help him? You yeah. know, and there was really like. You know, he he had to go through several people. He's contacting a Miami lawyer and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's yeah, just it's like crazy. Wow. I mean, so, like, and and the thing you got to think about is like also like you're talking about somebody who would be like fearing for their life because and their family and like whoever the actor was that played Jorge, I think yeah. did like an amazing job because right. I mean it's like that's the thing is like I I have no idea who these people are because they're all like right Hispanic yeah. you know Spanish actors yeah and I think I'm, it's like, great I'm none of these people. Hopefully, I'm hoping you know for some of these actors if if we haven't seen them, you know, I mean they're, they're yeah. probably really big. It's, uh, Mati- How do you say it, Matthias? Maybe I can't see it. I don't know. Matthias Var- Varela is his name, I believe. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys, I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, Although he's from Sweden. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> criminy. That's <laughs> oh, hilarious. Well, wherever these guys are from, you know, they're just. I don't know. I haven't seen them in in big roles. Maybe they maybe. I guess he was in he was in the Assassin's Creed movie, but other than that, like both his both his parents are from Spain. He did not learn proper Swedish until he learned school. So he's actually Spanish, just happened to be born right, like actual Spanish from Spain, happened to be born in Sweden. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Europe. That's yeah, yeah. so different than here in the United States. Yeah, where it's like it's pretty much like uh, I mean you know. In the United States, it's kind of like, are you white or black? Okay, like, you know, it's like one or the other. Then, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's cool, though. That's neat. I'm glad these guys got the screen time that they did, and I hope to... They did. He did a really good job. I hope to see him in a motion picture. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, more in the future. Yeah, because so. he won't be back on Narcos, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, I, I mean, as you only saw two episodes, but... What, what, what were your oh, I w- My only recommendation is that you go watch it, because I'm going to go back and rewatch it, because... It was interesting. I was completely. I was pulling for him the whole time. I was like, "Oh, please!" I remember at the end. Yeah. I remember that. I was. I was like. I was like, "Oh crap! Here it comes. They're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill him. Gosh yeah. dang it!" You know, because I. I was already on like one episode in. I it was the one where he was protecting the other guy. They they sus- they suspected a mole. Right. And where he protecting, hid. Uh, oh, God. I thought that was David. No, David is the. That's the son who wanted to kill him. Remember the son who was looking at the security right. footage and saw him. Right. Yeah. See, the whole reason he hates him is because there was a time he was having a meeting. Uh, it's like in episode like four or five. He was having a meeting with the these guys who wanted to help him start a security company, and he saw him and he waved to him and he kind of looked away. Yeah. And so then David was like, oh, "Are you serious?" And like, it, oh, wow. yeah, that's kind of where so it started. Kinda, yeah. Oh, so that's crazy. Yeah, so the one guy that he's, that he's protecting, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't remember who that is, but Miguel. Um, I was all the, all right there. I'm I'm pulling for him right away. Cause yeah. I'm like, oh, he's a, good, he's a good guy, you know. And um, but then later on, like later in that episode, he has to kill him, or no, he uh, what, or he plants the, 
Yeah. The, oh, the oh, Enrique. Enrique, yeah. the guy Enrique. who's kind of like his okay. one of his employees, and he kind of he kind of yeah turns it around on him, and then they end up killing him. And he had to do it to protect his family. Yeah, yeah, to protect his family. But he was trying to protect that guy to begin with. Right. Um, but that guy made a mistake. He he didn't listen to his directions. Yep. Yeah, he said he said know. do not call anybody because he right. had all he he's like all the wires and like essentially Columbia tapped. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I think you should go watch it. My only, you know, I can't give it like a star rating or anything like that because I didn't watch the whole thing. But the two episodes I watched were great. Yeah, I would give it. I'd probably give it an eight point five. It was really good, but it's kind of like I don't really know if I should give it an 8 or give it a 9 because part of me is like, well, the first two seasons were really good, but the first two, like they could have been done. The show could have ended after the first two seasons because mm-hmm. it's Pablo Escobar. That was the whole selling point. Right. Like every, Pablo Escobar is a lot more well known than the Kali cartel. I mean, right. I didn't know who they are. They were. Right. But with even without the Pablo Escobar, you know main character i feel like the season was really good mm-hmm. so i, I know i'm kind of torn on whether you know i give it a nine which is what i feel like it deserves yeah but you know so it's kind of hard so i you know i'm just gonna go ahead and give it a nine it was give, really good give it a nine i mean i mean collider it's just collider gives it a two out of five Collider's a joke but so. you know i mean <laughs> yeah collider should challenge us to star wars trivia and see what happens oh my <laughs> gosh no seriously yeah bring it anytime they want to do yeah, bring it a schmo down Star Wars Bring trivia it. style. Ez has got it. Bring it. Matt Matt's in there with me. We got it. You want to talk anime? You want to talk whatever? Bring it. <laughs> I ain't no, I ain't afraid of no collider. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh anything else? Any other thoughts on that? Uh nope. Oh, uh, what do we do? We have one more thing coming up. Yeah, we're gonna talk a Game of Thrones theory. Big one. Huge, Huge. life changing, Game of Thrones changing when we yep. come back. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Second Breakfast here. We are about to talk about Game of Thrones. Big theory. Huge theory. Huge. Um, it's game changing. And, and I'm just going to break it. It's, it's pretty short, but I'm going to go ahead and explain it real quick. Um, just I have so no idea what the theory is. Matt hasn't heard it yet. so But I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to, as said, as t- X texted me and said, hey, we're podcasting tonight. There right. is a huge theory. Game of Thrones, and I said, "Okay, I'm down to talk about it." Right, and he's going to explain it to me right now, and it better what, be, it better live up to the hype because that's all I was promised. It's huge, and it's <laughs> it's it's life changing. We're doing it live, okay? Uh, so, new fan theory suggests that Hot Pie, what, yeah, is to blame <laughs> for the White Walker invasion, okay? And the reason what? being, yeah, it's I, I actually. I kind of wondered how far back they were gonna they were gonna take this theory or whatever, but they're really what we're gonna do today, anyways, is just in this past season uh, that we saw, where we saw you know Hot Pie returns and or actually uh, Arya returns and encounters Hot Pie, right? So is this like the 
real theory. This is the real theory. <laughs> this is the real theory. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Okay. Yep. Let's do so, it. Um, it's it's basically it's it's really more so we're gonna turn we're gonna turn it into a what if they kind of okay. said theory but it's sort of like what if Hot Pie wouldn't have told Arya that the Starks had control of Winterfell because really okay. what they're suggesting here is that because Hot Pie tells her that hey you know your brother John is is you know king of the North now she doesn't go kill Cersei. And if she would have killed Cersei, they would have never gone north of the wall. The the, the other dragon um, is it Viserion? Viserion. Um, That's the one who gets is it the one that gets killed? killed? Yeah. Or, um, goes uh, would not be lost turned. to he gets killed and then turned, yeah, yeah wouldn't be lost to the Night King, and they wouldn't have had the Dragon Pit you know meeting. Um, they wouldn't need to you know because yeah. Cersei would be dead because Arya would have went down there and did a thing. So Hot Pie literally screws it up. All right. So now let's actually. So it is more of a what if. Yeah. So let's now actually talk about what if he wouldn't have said that. Do we actually think that's really what would have taken place? Would we would we really be in a situation where Arya goes south and kills Cersei? Well, another another check off the list. Uh, I'd have to look at the map and see how close she was to King's Landing and where Hot Pie is. I always kind of forget. He's kind of towards like they're kind of in the Riverlands, I think. So she's pretty close to. King's yeah, Landing. I think they're in. Yeah, because the Lannister army's there. Yeah, because the thing is, is that there's just no way she would have gotten into King's Landing without hearing about the King in the North, Jon Snow. Yeah, good point. Like, I don't think it's just that Hot Pie told her. Like, I'm surprised she didn't hear it from the Lannister guys that was, right. she was sitting with. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just did Hot Pie, I think, because I think they wanted to show Arya. Because that scene is very specific where Arya is like, she's kind of eating and she just seems almost like robotic. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I will say this. I think, however they do it in the books, etc., it may be that she's being, she's trying to be real, you know, stay off the road. Stay off the road. Sorry, right, like Lord yeah. of the Rings. Um, it's like they're, you know, she's trying to avoid. <laughs> oh my God, it's second breakfast, man. Uh, so, if she gets, if she avoids people, she doesn't learn that John is king in the north. And right. maybe if she, there's a point of no return. So if she's close enough to King's Landing, well, she I might as well go there right, and yeah. do it. Because I have to say, there's just no way she's walking around King's Landing and not hearing the right. gossip about the king of the north. Yeah. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So now the other question is, do you think she could actually infiltrate King's Landing and and kill Cersei? Well, because <laughs> it was easy with Walter Frey. That makes sense. The phrase are depends. You know. I think the real question is, so now there are people theorizing, this is kind of another theory, mm-hmm. that Arya and Sansa knew about Littlefinger, and they had been plotting the entire time once Arya came back to make it seem like they were fighting, so that way they could get the information they needed from Littlefinger in order to kill him. Like, Sansa wanted to kill Littlefinger the entire... Like, once Sansa saw Arya fight Bran, mm-hmm. she knew there was something odd about her, yeah. so that they were staging these fights, so that way they could, like get Littlefinger into a position to where they'd have like the information to kill him. Yeah. I actually think that could be true. And it's really, it's less about, they both had information already, but what it is, is where is Littlefinger's allegiance? Right. But that's what they were trying to figure out. And so, but so my thing is, if that's true, that would explain why it seemed like Arya was not nearly as good of as an an assassin. True. Yeah. As we saw in those last episodes, because if she, if that's what we were to believe, 
you and I have already talked about yes. this, where, God, we really kind of hated those episodes because yeah. it just made it seem like we'd been watching Arya train all this time, and now it's like she's not even that good. Yeah. Like, we're, I mean, Littlefinger knows she's spying well, on him. And that's so the, if that's the case, then I don't see any way that she's getting into the Red Keep, which, I mean, it's possible Jack and Jahar did. Sure. But then it's like you're going to have to get past the, like, zombie superhuman, you know, mountain. Mm-hmm. I don't think Arya's taken out the mountain. Yeah, I mean, no. if she got kicked, if she got kicked in the chest by Brienne, there's no way she's taken on the mountain. Good call. That's a good call. Although so she would have to do Brienne was, yeah. did whip the hound. So, but I mean, so there's there's a case to be made that Brienne is is could beat the mountain. I don't, be the mountain. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. She also beat uh, who else did she beat? She beat quite a few folks. Now, didn't she beat somebody else when she was training? When she was showing for Renly? When she was fighting for Renly? Didn't she beat the Lord of Flowers? Didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if there was a. Uh, she won whatever tournament, uh, little tiny show or tournament that they. That they yeah, but I mean, he's no, he was no slouch. He's no slouch. No, I know. So she's yeah. beaten the hound. I mean, she she's also beaten the hound and she also beat Jamie Lannister with Loras Tyrell. I mean, she actually uncuffed or unchained Jamie Lannister, and then they fought for a little while until. Yeah, but that was a that was a one handed. I know, Jamie I know, Lannister, I know. Wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, it was it was a two handed. Well, he was she was transporting him to King's Landing. Oh, this that's is right. Before they got caught, that's but right. That yeah, doesn't yeah. really. I don't really count that either because Jamie was trying to draw attention to himself, you know. So. You know, but anyways, so anyways, I don't know. You're right. I, I think she gets close enough to Cersei if Arya can get there. I mean, if she goes then, in at night and nobody's around or something and maybe the mountains, I don't think he sleeps, but maybe he's like standing outside her door or something. Yeah. If, if okay, she didn't have to confront him, yeah. then if she can no. sneak out the balcony or something, then then sure, that's, that would be the way to do it, I, I would think. But yeah, I don't know. And I don't even know what really her role is going to be going forward, which I is really, I don't either. So, okay, so the so the question going back to Hot Pie, hot pie is yeah. how would Hot Pie? So now I think I think we've kind of looked into the point of could she have it's probable. I'd give her a 60% chance of actually pulling it mm-hmm. off. It really kind of just depends on if the mountain was there. Right. But and we also kind of looked at would she have turned back at any point. I think like you said, I think it's reasonable yeah. to think that, well, once she was close enough, she'd go for it. So I think now the last question is, did hot pie do it on purpose? Which I think is the point of this. Yes. This theory. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> 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 is that, you know, hot pie is some secret informant for either Cersei or working now for Baelish, you know, the, uh, Baelish or because maybe Baelish, maybe Baelish knew that Arya was alive all the time. Yeah. And he had, he, paid hot pie mm-hmm. if she ever comes looking for you right send her to me yeah you know or it could have been that what's the other guy oh the black maester is what i call him um go oh, i just lost his name you know what i'm talking about works with cersei oh the oh god what is his name oh, uh, Maester. oh god ah uh, well anyways i know who you're talking about the, i'm thinking the maester who right who brought back the mountain right yeah i'm thinking i mean is it maybe you know he's he's got his little not you know, Varys had birdies, right? He had like little kids and things like that. Does that guy have a network or a system of spies or something like that that he's working Possibly. You know, with? And is it it is Hot Pie one of those folks? You know, it's possible. <laughs> um, actually, quite frankly, was Hot Pie there from the beginning tracking Arya? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, possible. It, uh, yeah, let's just push a little further. Is yeah. Hot Pie jacking up Jagar? <laughs> That's actually great. Is Hot Pie Snoke? It's yeah. possible. Oh, that is possible. possible. Let's not even go there. Yeah, that's that's more possible than Jack and Car. But yeah, so uh, um, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting, neat little. Theory. No, it is. It's kind of a new interesting theory. That, but I think the, I think it begs the question though: 
is that she if she if Arya was that close to Cersei and Cersei's that important on her list, why didn't why did she go all the way back to Winterfell? Yeah. That's a that's a Because in the books, that's the thing. Gotta keep in mind, this could be completely different. Right. I'm kinda thinking I guess my question is Can we shift to the books for a little bit too? Just Yeah, yeah, ahead. real quick. Okay. My my question though is in the books, let's say Arya is in the Riverlands. Uh-huh. You think it's going to be Winterfell and Jon Snow she goes back to? Or do you think it's going to be Lady Stoneheart? Good call. Which yeah. could be Because you've got the, the Brotherhood Without Banners. I mean, you're talking that could be a huge difference, right? right. Like, Right. And, and honestly, us talking about that difference right there leads us straight into the books and whether how we think these things might be different. Because I'll tell you this. In the books... I'm going back to Battle of the Bastards. Sansa you know, shows up and saves the day. Yeah. Sansa, I don't think ever in the books is going to be betrothed or married to Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. I think she stays as she's uh I forget what her Deadpool. name is. Well, she's she's hiding as Littlefinger's um niece or something like that, yeah. right? Or daughter, bastard daughter. I'm not I'm not even sure. Okay, what what is her name? Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but he's um I mean her aunt Lysa knows that she who she is, and so does her, you know, cousin Robin. But you know, I, mean, I think in the book she stays there, and then I think she hears of the Battle of the Bastards and then rallies, you know, yeah. um, Robin to go north and to help out. I think it's much more simpler. It's just that's yeah, what it's gonna it be is. totally different. I'm really so, the more I the more there's only six episodes left. There's just no way that the show can even come close to touching what Gurr is doing. Not no, in terms no. of quality, but just in terms of content. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I think a lot of things are going to be different. Um, like you said, Lady Stoneheart, I think, is huge. I'm really surprised they never brought her into the show. Now, she is still kind of a... Right now in the books, we really haven't seen a whole lot. Like All we've seen is that she's working with the Brotherhood Without Banners, and Brienne comes across her, and they almost hang Brienne. Yeah. But then she's sent to negotiate with Jamie. Yeah. it appears. So, really, her role hasn't been... Huge, yeah. but I don't I just I don't know what do you. It's one of those things that I've said. There's a thread there. There's a character thread there. That there's a story there. Where does it go? How do you tie that back in? Yeah, it, that's why I've always said. Well, when and we it's talk a pretty this, it's like, big character. I mean, like think about it. Like Barrington Darian is not that big of a character. He's a big deal because of what he represents, but he's not a big character. Kyburn, sorry, was the old the major. major. Kyburn, yeah, sorry. Whereas Catelyn. Tully or Catelyn Stark is an enormous character. Sure, yeah. Who's now become not that big of a deal, but is still, you know what I mean? So it's like the opposite, yeah. right? And I guess that's what I mean. Like I kind of looked at them as two different people, but yeah, Lady Stoneheart that is still Catelyn Stark. Is though. still Catelyn Stark. But what does what is her role going to be? We really, it's just you know what I mean. It's still yeah. lingering out there as like she could be dead. But yeah, you're you're right. I, I don't I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, it's something. Now, do you think so? In the books, we've talked about how Arya comes back. Um, this whole situation with John, that seems pretty big for them to, you know, we've we've already seen that he's betrayed uh, in the books. We get that he's betrayed at, at up at um, oh gosh in the Night's Watch, right? So we By actually the get Watch, yeah. right. So he's dead, right? Right. I'm sure that he's brought back. Oh, okay, yeah. right? Yeah. But what happens after that? Is he the king? of the north or i mean he has are they going to actually kill his younger brother like they did there is his younger brother going to ascend to well see i mean man throw, <sighs> Rickon, he's an rickon's a whole because rickon's off doing his own he's like it's so right. 
he's yeah i forget which which house he's with right now but it, you know it's i just kind of wonder i wonder how he's going to break it up yeah, this would honestly be a good series that we probably should do or we should start talking about the books versus the show leading into the last season and even yeah. going forward because even the other thing is let's say Gur does write two two books yeah this is kind of interesting actually we talk about dragon ball a lot it is kind of like well in the manga they do this and in the things yeah. they do this and they're kind of going at different paces right and it's not like like in Lord of the Rings, it's kind of like, well, the, the, because the movies are so long, they hit so much content. It's like, OK, really, in turn, you're getting the main story. But the issue now is Game of Thrones is just so odd because the movies are, or the the show is so far ahead and we don't know what's going to happen. Well, we said so something I think it's interesting for us to talk about right now is you had said it's been, what, a couple of years ago when Gurr sat down in a hotel room right. with the producers uh, and and talked about um where he thought the story was going to go but 20 years ago matt informs me and we're not going to we're just going to briefly touch on this and yeah then we'll we're talk about probably might have to do a whole, whole honestly we could do an entire episode on it because yeah. it's kind of a big deal but just briefly you know gur's original vision for you know game of thrones or a song of ice and fire was much different than what it's turned out to be oh absolutely um so you know what he told hbo either a couple, a couple years, years ago, ago about um, how he was going how he how, how the general idea of how it should end Right, it, you know, and did he get how much guidance did he give him along the way? Um, I, I don't know. I really think it's going to be quite different. Yeah. So, which I'm fine with because there are elements in the story that I really think I don't know how they would have done it in the show, which is part of why I'm okay with what they did in HBO. But um, I would have liked to have seen some of you know, like Euron Greyjoy when he comes back. I've always mentioned it's just like there's so much more. Uh, it's so much more mystic. There's so many more elements to his return and. The treasures that he brings, um, the horns, you know, the priests and the priestesses. I think it's just a priest, actually. But, you know, just a lot there that I, we never really got a chance to um, to dive into. Yeah, I, mean, so. there's, I mean, there's six episodes left. Yeah. That's it. Oh man, we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a uh, we're gonna have to do an episode later on where we just predict what happens in the six episodes. And we then, should we should do another one where we track down all the characters. So here's where they are. Who's who's who they yeah. are. Yeah. Who lives? Who dies? Good, well, not just that, but I mean, who's like, let's just kind of get our bearing straight for where everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. There's still so much. That's why we love Game of Thrones. I love talking about it. Well, even even once even once it's done, even once the show's done, I mean, still the books could be so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then not only that, I mean, well, the backstories, the backstories are going to do all this, the prequels and just going back and learning all the gods. There's so much and there's so many theories and there's just so much. And Gurr's never going to stop writing. He'll, I think, I think he'll even do kind of like J.K. Rowling, um, kind of puts out like supplemental mm-hmm. stuff. Like, okay, well, here I'll tie up some plot holes doing this. Here's yeah. what I think was probably about this, where people have theories, and she'll kind of like. Yeah. I think Gur will do the same thing. Like yes or no, it's either it is either that's yes, that's what happened, or that's not what happened, etc. Kind yeah. of, you know, cl- clear things up. One thing, one last thing here, really, they could go back. I know they're going to go back and do you know some prequel shows and stuff. They could go back to. Um, Aegon, Aegon's conquest. Yeah, there's so with his sisters. There's so much. So it's a much. whole other story that we just get hinted at by the maesters and and, and the books and stuff from Old Town. We don't. There's so much there. And if you listen to, I've mentioned it in the last time. Um, Westeros. Um, it's like a history of Westeros. Um, Ice and Fire. I think is what it's called. Yeah. It's so good about talking. It's almost textbook form as to what happened. But again, even there, that even when they're when you listen to, it, I'm listening to it or read it. They are saying well 
certain scholars disagree on whether yeah. this happened or that happened. You're like, oh my God, that is perfect for a show. What happened? Let us know what happened. You right. Know, let's go in there and dive in and see what actually happened. So I don't know. I love this. I love this. Crap. I love it too. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's our that's our show, isn't it? I think that's it. Um, that's our show for this week. Uh, next week, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a Dragon Ball Super episode. I have to ch- double check. I'm pretty sure there's not. So we probably won't be talking about Dragon Ball Super very much. We're going to do a special for it. We're going to review Battle of the Gods. We'll definitely probably be talking about a huge Game of Thrones theory, something mm-hmm. we just kind of came across. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. We're also going, this is, this is going to be up on Saturday, so we're also going to, on Sunday, we will have a lit review up. We're going to talk about Inferno Squad. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad, the book. Yeah, also, there's a lot of Star Wars is starting to ramp up, and you better believe here on Second Breakfast we're going to be talking about it. Yep. Stay tuned and stay hungry. credit card bill.